Connections podcast with Girl Scouts of Nassau County. My name is Kathy and I am your host. I'm a volunteer training and resource manager at Girl Scouts of Nassau County, which means that I work to support Girl Scout adult volunteers by helping them with troop planning and creating training resources that will help them understand the Girl Scout program so that they feel confident and prepared. Today I'll be talking about investiture and rededication ceremonies. I'll discuss the planning resources available to help you plan those ceremonies. And then I'll end with talking about cookie season and how you can start getting prepared for it. You'll also hear a conversation I had with two cookie season pros. One is my colleague in our product program department, Kathleen Machia, and the other is Steve Viola, who is a seasoned service unit cookie chair. They share their cookie wisdom with you and let you know their best tips on getting prepared for the cookie season as well. You may be thinking, why are you talking about the cookie season now since it doesn't start until December? Well, our next episode isn't going to come out until after cookie season starts, so I wanted to make sure we talked about it so you had time to prepare, as we all know that getting ready for the season takes time. Okay, so starting with investiture and rededication ceremonies. It is so important to incorporate ceremonies into your troop's Girl Scout experience. Ceremonies allow girls to use their creativity and personal touch to celebrate their special moments and accomplishment throughout the year. Planning ceremonies will, of course, look different based on the girl's age. However, no matter what Girl Scout level they're in, remember that girls can and should always be at the forefront of planning their Girl Scout ceremonies. Keeping things girl-led should always be of the utmost importance so girls are taking the lead. An investiture ceremony welcomes new members into the Girl Scout movement for the first time. Now this counts for both adults and girls. So if a new Girl Scout joined your troop, she should be invested at some point throughout the year. If you have a new co-leader or another adult volunteer join your troop and they're new to Girl Scouts, they should be invested. Now if you're listening today and all of the girls in your troop have just started their Girl Scout journey for the first time, you should host an investiture ceremony for them. Many troops do this in the beginning of the year, typically after the girls have learned the Girl Scout promise, so it is easy for them to recite during the ceremony. You can also consider incorporating Juliet Gordon-Lowe into the ceremony. You can discuss her legacy and how she paved the way for girls in Girl Scouting. Girls can put their twist on it by talking about their favorite thing about her. If you're a newer volunteer, you're probably wondering, where do I start with planning and hosting this ceremony? Well, an investiture ceremony is all about making the girls feel welcome into the Girl Scout movement and just getting them excited to start their journey as a Girl Scout. So before hosting the ceremony, talk to the girls about what an investiture ceremony is and also talk to them about the importance of it so that they understand the meaning behind it. As far as planning it, just know that an investiture ceremony doesn't need to be formal or elaborate. I can't say that enough. It can be very elaborate if you want it to be. If the girls want it to be that way, that's fine. But just know that it's not required at all. The only three requirements in an investiture are that the girls have to recite the Girl Scout promise. That's the first that they receive the appropriate membership pin for their Girl Scout level, that's second, 
And then that they are verbally welcomed into your troop and the Girl Scout movement, which is the last thing. The rest is totally up to your troop. So they can include anything else that they want into the ceremony, whether it be music, inviting other Girl Scouts, inviting their parents, other adults, etc. As far as where to host a ceremony, it can be anywhere your troop wants. So many troops do it in the same location that their troop meeting takes place, but you can also do it at an outside park if the weather permits. You could do it virtually. Talk to your girls about what they would prefer and what would work best. You can start the investiture ceremony similar to how you would start a troop meeting, which could be with the Girl Scout Promise. You can incorporate things like having them share what they want to do as a Girl Scout throughout the next year and how they can incorporate the Girl Scout law into their lives. And then you can end the ceremony with giving them their membership pin and welcoming them into the movement. Traditionally with the membership pin, you would place it on the girls insignia tab upside down and then tell them to do three good deeds, which symbolizes the three parts of the Girl Scout promise. After they've done their three good deeds, their pins can be turned right side up and they can tell you the good deeds that they did. I find that leaders and girls don't realize that when we make the Girl Scout sign while saying the Girl Scout promise, we hold up three fingers for a reason. Those three fingers represent the three parts of the Girl Scout promise. So on my honor, I will try, one, to serve God in my country, two, to help people at all times, and three, to live by the Girl Scout law. It's important to break that down for girls and to remind them of those three parts and why we make the Girl Scout sign. If you have an established troop, you may be in the situation where a new girl is joining your troop. Talk to the girls that have been in your troop and help them think back to their investiture. Then have them use their experience and talk to the new girls about how they want their investiture to be planned. So moving on to rededication ceremonies. Rededication ceremonies are an opportunity for Girl Scouts, their families, and adult volunteers to renew their commitment to the Girl Scout promise and law. So if your troop has just completed their first year, or maybe they're a few years in, a rededication is a great way for them to be reminded of their commitment. Similarly to an investiture, a rededication does not need to be elaborate. Girls should be involved during the planning process always. So it can be hosted at the beginning of the year as a kickoff or whenever it works for your troop. And the flow of the ceremony can be just like one of your Girl Scout meetings where you have an opening and a closing. Just be sure to take the time with the girls to reflect on all of their accomplishments thus far and highlight how they've grown since the beginning of their journey as a Girl Scout. And remind them that they can incorporate whatever they like into the ceremony and customize it to make it special to them. They can include things like poems and candlelight. Now let's briefly talk about Girl Scout planning resources. There are many planning resources that you can use to make your ceremony special. At Girl Scouts of Nassau County, we have different ceremony outlines that you can use as a base and then customize with your troops so that they can make it their own. In those outlines, it'll include speaking parts for the girls, materials that you would need, like tablecloths, candles, and things that you can print out like invitation templates. You'll find those outlines on our private communication platform, which is called the Online Community, also known as the OLC.
You can find them in the volunteer connections group there where you can download any of the ceremonies that apply to your troop. I'll link you to the OLC login page in the description of this episode so you can easily get to it. I can also recommend searching online for ceremony ideas. Pinterest is great for giving you different outlines, great visuals, documents that you can download, all good stuff for ceremonies so that you and your troop can explore different ideas on there. Just keep in mind that you're going to see a wide range of ceremonies on there. You're going to see a lot of elaborate invitations, a lot of elaborate food, just elaborate everything, honestly, for Girl Scout ceremonies there. Don't let this intimidate you and make you think that, you know, your troop ceremony has to look like that. It definitely can um, if that's what the girls want and it's in your budget, but just remember that it doesn't have to be that. Just be sure to stay within your troop's means and that anything that's incorporated is what the girls choose. Again, with that being said, you will find great ideas on there to help you get started. Also, definitely talk to your sister Girl Scouts. See what they have done for their ceremonies. Talk to one of your fellow troop leaders or a lead volunteer in your service unit. Again, it's not one size fits all. There's not one right way to host ceremonies. So just use their suggestions as ideas and then go from there. I'm sure they're going to have recommendations on everything you would want to know from the setup to songs to food, which is great for you to know what worked for them. And then you can take those ideas, talk about them with your troop and see what they like and what they don't. Now I want to shift to talking about preparing for cookie season. While cookie season doesn't start until December, I want to ensure that you have all the information you need since our next podcast episode will come out after the season starts. To be prepared, you want to make sure that you have a cookie manager lined up and that they're trained for the cookie season. After a cookie manager registers into a troop, they should always connect with the cookie chair in their service unit as that person is their liaison and will provide them with everything they need, such as training, cooking materials for them and the girls, and important dates they need to be aware of. As a troop leader, you should be in constant communication with your cookie manager so that you're informed with how the sale works and can help relay that information to the parents in your troop. Here at Girl Scouts of Nassau County, we have trainings that troop leaders can attend to get general information about the sale, so we encourage you to attend those to be in the loop, and when the time comes, you'll see the registration information available on our website, but your service unit cookie chair can also be the lead in letting you know where to register for those trainings as well. And if you're not sure who your cookie chair is, just email us at customercare at gsnc.org. That's customercare at gsnc.org. You also want to be aware of the cookie awards and badges that are available for the girls to earn. We have cookie badges and a cookie entrepreneur family pin available in every Girl Scout level. And those get girls prepared for the cookie season really well. And it also helps to keep girls' families informed and engaged with them throughout their learning experience. You can find the requirements for those either free on the VTK or by purchasing the printed out booklets from our Girl Scouts of Nassau County shop. 
At Girl Scouts of Nassau County, we use Little Brownie Bakers to get our cookies, and they have a fabulous website that adults and girls can use. They have so many great digital and printable cookie resources. Once you get to the website, you'll find everything from cookie season planners, safety tips, you'll see cookie themed games for girls. They also have interactive videos that girls can watch. They have a cookie family guide for parents and caregivers. They have amazing tips just to help girls have an overall successful sale. And the website, I'm happy to say, is very easy to navigate. You'll see a volunteers tab at the top for you, a girls tab for, of course, Girl Scouts, and then a families tab so that you'll easily be able to find all of the different resources. Speaking of helpful tips for cookie season, I spoke with two Girl Scouts of Nassau County cookie pros, Kathleen Machia and Steve Viola. They shared their cookie wisdom and best tips for success that will help you have a smooth season with your troop. Here's our conversation. Thank you so much, Kathleen and Steve, for joining us today on our Thank second you. episode in the Volunteer Connections podcast. How are you both doing? Great. Good. Good, good. So if you guys could just start by sharing with our listeners how you started your journey with Girl Scouts of Nassau County and just how you got involved with the cookie program. Whoever wants to start first. <laughs> okay, I'll get started. Um, I started my journey with um, at a new leaders meeting and I raised my hand and volunteered. Yes, I will be the troop leader. And I got involved when my daughter was in kindergarten and she's now in fifth grade. And I went to my first um, service unit meeting and our service unit cookie chair was stepping down and something just said to me, you got to do this. This sounds so cool. <laughs> so there it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was a uh, first year leader. I think it was my second year in Girl Scouts and I became the cookie chair for the service unit and I had some great mentors um, and I just really uh, took it over and I loved it and everyone would say to me, oh, how do you do this? How do you do this? And just every season would just, I always still had the excitement and um, I still love it. So, and then I guess I transitioned over and now I work for Girl Scouts full-time in the cookie cupboard. Awesome. Steve. Yeah, for me, it was, uh, my daughter also started in kindergarten. Uh, my wife was one of the troop leaders and uh, we were having trouble just getting parents to assume the different roles within the organization. So, um, you know, it, it was loosely mentioned, you know, oh, maybe Steve could uh, be our <laughs> cookie manager. And uh, yeah, it took a little arm twisting, but I I uh, gave into the pressure and uh, <laughs> signed on for the one season. And I actually really enjoyed it. Um, so much so that eventually, well, about two years down the line, um, the service unit leader was also stepping down. And uh, she came to me and said, you know, you've been doing a really good job as the troop cookie manager. How would you like to lead uh, the entire service unit? So now I do both. And that's been going on for about five years. So, Wow. Yeah. Went fast. Because I remember when you started too. And that yeah. seems like yesterday. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys for sharing that. So let's move into those tips and tricks that you have for 
troop leaders, cookie managers, what you think would be just the most beneficial for them to know at the start? Steve, if you want to start. Sure. Um, I think it's really important for cookie managers in particular to uh, be organized um, and to be good communicators with their troops. Um, I found over the years that if the true manager communicates deadlines in particular with their troops and the troop uh, leaders know when the cookie program starts, when it ends, when any money is due, um, that it's really beneficial for everybody, particularly the cookie manager, because he's not, uh, or she is not caught on a deadline and, uh, trying to get all the information in on their own. At least they have the help of the troop in advance. Um, and it's also important to be organized. You know, the troop manager is almost like an accountant for the, for the mm -hmm. troop. So for me in particular, I like to track all of my girls activity within eBuddy on a spreadsheet. And then I even write things down on paper. So I have redundancy. Um, for me in particular, that helps to identify any discrepancies. If there's any, um, you know, cases or boxes of cookies missing, I can go back um, and look at all three sources and say, oh, okay, well, I did miss this particular item in eBuddy, pop it in and everything reconciles makes things very easy. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's also important to track the inventory. Um, mm -hmm. Every time you buy a case, um, again, I do it in Excel because I'm an accountant personally, um, but I track every in and every out. Carl takes a box of cookies, I mark it down. Mm -hmm. And uh, I back it up with a physical count at least once a week. And if I have a discrepancy between my physical count, and my spreadsheet, then all I got to do is look back at one of my pages <laughs> or another spreadsheet and go, oh, okay, well, I gave that girl a box of cookies and um, everything reconciles again. So, um, yeah, it's really important to stay organized. Kathleen, I love your face right now. You're like, wow. <laughs> I was like, and Steve, I'm like jealous of your like organization. It's like so good because I'm always like, I've always been like a couple off here and there and I'm like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> oh, no, it's never okay. <laughs> well, but I think that that's really good, Steve. So overall, just finding the tools that work for you that you're comfortable with. So you said, you know, accounting is your thing. So Excel naturally was just what you gravitated sure. towards. But anybody else, you know, listening, any any other tools that you just find that will keep you organized, use that whatever works for you to keep on top of that those numbers. And then I also just heard you say like communication is key, just making okay. sure that um, you're keeping that open line of communication with the troop and Definitely. I know that that's, I mean, that's important with everything, right? In a troop, um, no matter what, but definitely with this, when you're trying to keep track of things down to the the number. So that really, that's really important. Great. Kathleen. Um, so I'll just talk some stuff about uh, as a troop uh, leader, working with the girls and some of the things that I found um, are really motivating to the girls is especially daisies, getting them like kind of pepped up and excited about having their boo sales doing like a role play where they're the girls practicing and someone else could be the customers. And this way you can practice the do's and don'ts of boo sales, um, practicing the sales pitch, which is really important because um, it's going to happen when customers come up to the boo sale, they're going to ask 
What are you guys working towards? What's your goal? And that's another thing, bringing it around to um, what does the troop want to do with their proceeds and what are their goals? Um, And that's, that's a big motivator for them. Um, And then another little thing I like to make fun uh, with the girls is making uh, sales during their uh, cookie sales, like making, uh, oh, I'm sorry, making signs during their Mm -hmm. cookie sales um, to express their goal, maybe a slogan that they have come up with, um, telling people who they are and, you know, making new ones every year because then it kind of like freshens things up and makes it exciting for them. Yep. And it helps them build upon it. Oh, last year we did this. So like, what can we do to amp that up? Things like that. Yes. Yeah. Love that. And then same thing with the role play as they get older, you know, they can add on more things, add on more jobs, add on uh, more responsibilities and as part of, as part of the sale. Love that. And so, yeah, I love how you're just, you're making sure that they're ready and they can talk about it with their customers, right? Having, like you said, sales pitch, elevator pitch, whatever you want to call it. So that when someone comes up, you know, it's teaching them those, well, to me, it's definitely public speaking, teaching them just how to articulate, why are we doing this? Not everybody really knows that, right? A lot of, I'm sure you both have found that, like, a lot of people just don't really know like why girls are in Girl Scouts and the amazing things that the cookie program is really teaching them and helping them do. So I think by getting them involved in those hands-on activities, like you're saying, have them make make certain things um, that's going to show their audience what and their customers, what are they doing this for? So yeah, I think overall from that, just, you know, for our listeners, just find what works for your girls. If it's more talking points to prep them so that they feel more comfortable or whether it's having physical things for them to hold, um, to help get that message across, do that. And like you said, also the role playing and, and, you know, going through those scenarios. I think that's all really awesome. Yeah. To piggyback off that, uh, our girls like to um, define their roles at the booth sales. Um, So, you know, one will be the cashier. We'll have a couple that are really pushing the sales. Um, somebody who's, you know, doing the tick marks of all, uh, the cookies that are sold. But, uh, the one thing that they do to make it fun is, uh, at least the last few years, now that the girls are getting a little bit older, um, they'll make up a song and a dance. Yes. Oh, cool. While we're there. <laughs> My do <do-do> too. <laughs> that makes it fun. It, you know, from standing out there, sometimes it's like, oh, they're probably just like, oh, what are we going to do? Like when, you know, there's like a leg. So that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, my girls have done that too. That's so funny that you mentioned that. Yeah. And then we all learn it and we end up performing it. Uh, it actually draws in a lot of people. So I was just going to say, whatever, get, whatever gets sales, right? Whatever gets people to come in. And I think keeping it simple is also good. I think also sometimes leaders and cookie managers think that, they have to do it all. They have to do the most. They have to do all these different things. But sometimes keeping it simple and sometimes you don't. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, just even thinking like, um, like you can do just the cookie rally on a smaller level with your own troop at your regular meeting and do some of the stuff. You know, do the role play, do practicing your sales pitch, and just going over like the cookies especially maybe for a new daisy or if they're an older troop just a refresher because sometimes along the way you do get new members and- it's good to also have a cookie tasting during a meeting mm, yes you know because inevitably <laughs> every person that you try to sell to it says well what's your favorite cookie 
Yes. I I do agree. And especially with, I think it's this last year and now it's going to be this year with some new different cookies coming around, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, that's, that's important, you know, and having alternatives and having, uh, you know, and all, having all the answers kind of for when you don't have that type of cookie or, oh, that cookie's only uh, sold online, the shortages and. Yes, yes. Um, And then this year we do have the Raspberry Rally, but it's going to be online only purchase. So, you know. Mm. Knowing what to say in case, yeah, you yeah. get those questions. Or like if someone comes up and says like, you know, I'm gluten-free. Like, yes. what do I, or I don't like chocolate. Like, what do I do about what that? Do you, or what do you recommend? What do you recommend? <laughs> what, do you recommend? Yeah. What, what do you have for me? And I know definitely uh, I've seen, you know, just by observing, I've seen, you know, customers want, you know, want the girls to educate them. They want that. Um, so like you said, with that role-playing in the scenarios, that's where that comes in so that they're not like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so that they just, you know. They're not coming to hear from us. They want to hear from the kids. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that that's really important. Just making sure that they feel comfortable with certain questions that they might get. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing your tips and your expertise. I know our listeners are really going to benefit from all that you've shared. And I just thank you so much for, for coming on and collaborating with me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Okay, so I hope those tips were helpful for you and you come back to this section of the podcast when you're ready to start planning. I also recommend going to our cookie page on the GSNC website, which breaks down everything you need. All of the links and resources you need are in the description of this episode, so you don't have to spend time searching. So that brings us to the end of our episode today. I hope you found the topics that I discussed helpful for you. To stay connected with us, you can follow this podcast and switch on notifications to get informed of new episodes released as soon as they come out. And you can find the podcast on our dedicated Anchor website, which can be found on gsnc.org. You can also find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. In the description of this episode, you'll see timestamps where you can see when I cover each topic that I discussed today, so you can click ahead to a specific topic you want to hear if you're returning to this episode for a second time, or just want to listen to particular sections. Also, I really value your feedback, so please click the link to our feedback form and let me know what you would like me to talk about in future episodes. If you're interested in supporting GSNC, whether it be with a donation, sending a girl to camp, or other options, you can click that link as well to see all of the ways you can give back. Another way to stay connected is to join myself and my training partner, Krista, during our live monthly Volunteer Connections Zoom meetings, where we can connect face-to-face with you and teach you ways you can build your skills as a volunteer. Those meetings are held on the second Monday of the month from 8 to 9 p.m., and you'll see the link to register for that in the description as well. Thank you so much for joining us, and tune in to our next episode on December 29th, where I talk about winter activities.